This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Buffy has created a better comforter for you and the earth. The outside shell is 100% eucalyptus fiber, a unique material that naturally soothes skin. While the inside fill is made from 100% recycled plastic, which feels softer than down. Customers agree that it's the fluffiest comforter they've ever tried. And after only one year, Buffy has recycled over 2.5 million water bottles. Wow, that's a lot of water bottles. Yes, and I love that it's doing good for the environment, and it's also doing good for us to help us sleep better at night. Yes, try Buffy at home for 30 days, and if you don't love it, return it. Plus, get $20 off your Buffy comforter when you visit Buffy.co and enter the code CHALLENGED with a D. That's Buffy.co and enter code CHALLENGED for $20 off. Hey guys, just wanted to give you a quick warning. In this episode, we discuss emotional and physical abuse. So if this is something you're uncomfortable with or people in the car maybe might not want to listen to it, go ahead and save this special episode for another time. Do you 
Hey guys, it's Candace and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Yeah, we were supposed to have everything figured out when we were in our 20s. But guess what? Uh, we didn't, and we still don't. <laughs> we don't. We definitely don't. <laughs> but that's okay. It is okay. Today, we are going to stop and ask for directions from Brittany Louise Taylor. You guys might know her from her YouTube channel. She has over 1.2 million subscribers. She's been living her life online for almost a decade now. Yeah. And she actually just came out with a book called A Sucky Love Story, Overcoming Unhappily Ever After. And we thought, what a better way to go into the week of Valentine's Day than to talk about sucky love stories. We've all had them, right? Yeah. I mean, it's easy just to like walk into like my favorite place in the whole world, Target or Target, and just see hearts and cupids all around. Um, But that's not always what Valentine's Day looks like for everybody. No, I think Valentine's Day is actually probably uh, one of the my least favorite holidays. So Did you ever like it? No, there's so much pressure. And, and if you're in a relationship, there's pressure. If you're not in a relationship, there's pressure. And um, I know... I don't think a lot of people like this holiday. I'm all for not having celebrating this holiday. Were you ever in a relationship where like someone was really into Valentine's Day? Absolutely. Is Tanner into Valentine's Day? Yeah. Oh, Tanner loves Valentine's Day. But <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. He's, Aww, the, he's like he's the naturally sweet so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, does he wake you up with maple syrup and <laughs> poutine? <laughs> On his body? Yeah. I had... A Valentine's Day. I dated another actor before this, um, <laughs> Kellen Lutz, and he and I dated for about three and a half years, a long time. And it was a serious relationship, but he was very into Valentine's Day. And um, one time woke up, got the keys to my car and thought it would be a great idea to decorate my car like <gasps> all in, you know, chocolates everywhere and like hearts hanging and everything like that. Well, I had an appointment at Warner Brothers. <laughs> And didn't have didn't have time to clean it all out before I went. All the chocolate melted. Oh, everywhere, no. all over everything. And I have these hearts dangling from my car. And I drive onto the lot, and the the uh, guy at the security gate goes, "Oh wow, someone's really <laughs> festive." <laughs> I just I just hung my head and like shook it and was just like, can you just let me in? Thanks. Oh, that's that's so sweet, though. That had like g- great intentions, great intentions, just execution. Not so much. Not so much. Yeah, I, I never put a lot of pressure on Valentine's Day. I feel like I put more pressure on Valentine's Day when I was like a kid at school. And, you know, Valentine's Day cards were like a super big deal. And like, I know everyone had to get one, but you're just like, oh my gosh, but what if my crush doesn't give me one? And it was a really big deal. But I, as an adult, I never put pressure on it because I felt like it was the cool girl thing to do. Like, oh, I'm a cool girl. You know, like, I don't care about Valentine's Day. You know, I'm a cool girl. I drink beer and like watch football sometimes. But like, I do care about Valentine's Day. Maybe not right now, like in with married life. I mean, Kayla and I were talking the other day and you, I said that, oh yeah, Joe and I had a date night on Friday night. And you were like, you guys are so good about going on date nights. And I think because we have multiple kids and such a crazy schedule with their, between their sports and academics and our work and our personal life that we really make an effort to kind of 
treat our week like Valentine's Day just happens more often like we go to dinners all the time just the two of us and we haven't always been like that mind you like obviously there have been times where we are falling behind on that and we can feel it in our marriage um so we Valentine's Day's never been a big thing I think when we were long distance we'd like send each other flowers but um but I was always more of a New Year's girl. See, the way that women are, okay, this is a general statement. Please do not be offended. But the way that society perceives women to act um, on Valentine's Day and their level of expectations, I do that for New Year's. Because hmm. I had like a shitty New Year's with, like, I've had multiple shitty New Year's with shitty ex-boyfriends. And so that was always my big thing. And I'd never had, like, a real New Year's kiss. And the first year I was dating Joe, it was, like, the best New Year's of my life. And That's when you knew. Yeah. I mean, I've, I really felt like I knew before that, but that was, like, just, like, the cherry on top. Mm. But before I met Joe, I had been in not very kind relationships. And so I read Brittany's book really quickly and, um, I admire her ability to write her story down and to acknowledge the truth and the events that happened to her. And I, who knows if I'll ever get there one day, but, um, but I can say that when you're in a sucky love story, it really does suck everything out of you. And there was a line in her book that she wrote saying like, I was a shell of myself. Like she didn't, she couldn't even recognize her, her soul and who she was. And, and, um, I think that's so truthful to women that end up in positions just like Brittany ended up. And I found it really powerful and moving. And, and I think it's a beautiful, even though it's a sucky love story, it truly is a love letter to other women that might find themselves in um, really scary relationships. She was really brave to tell that story and to share every detail because we really um, can find, we really understand her perspective after reading it. And um yeah, I think sometimes you find yourself in relationships where you don't know how you ended up there. You don't know how you ended up there and then you don't know how to get out. And I think it's things like Valentine's Day or things like the fact that, you know, she still had a YouTube career that she was focusing on and and that it's and you kind of are living in this reality where you're like, I don't know how I ended up here, but everything just keeps having Band-Aids put on it. And um until you realize, oh my gosh, I've run out of band-aids. Like, what do I do now? Mm. And you just can't ignore it anymore. When I was in less than ideal circumstances, and again, this was a long time ago, um, I um, had lost myself and I call her my guardian angel. I have a friend that came over and didn't leave until I packed a bag and got out of there. And I left all of my belongings. I left all of my furniture that was in the house. I left everything. And um, I went and lived with my aunt for a while. I luckily had, uh, I had family and friends, the friends that I had left at that point. Because um, I also, like, I wasn't around a lot of my friends from L.A. because I wasn't living at LA, in L.A. at the time. And so I, um, my mom flew in. And got me, like, forced me to go look at apartments. And because it's a slow process to realize, like, how far gone you are. And 
So luckily my mom flew into town. I had, I was staying with my aunt. So I had family around me far, farther away. And, um, and I had the friends that were there, my guardian angels, like heard me and believed me and supported me and, you know, let me cry. You say believed you. Did you feel like people didn't believe you? Uh, yes. When everything can look so perfect and wonderful on the outside. Um, you know, even reading Brittany's story, I mean, you're reading all these things and you're like, this sounds perfect. This doesn't sound like a sucky love story. This sounds like a dream. Like, look at this beautiful, like she, if you look at her YouTube videos, you see their relationship play out. Mm -hmm. Like, and even reading like the first couple chapters, I went into reading her book. Um, so skeptical cause I, and thinking like, okay, well automatically there's just going to be red flags everywhere. And that wasn't necessarily the case. Uh, and she wrote, I felt very honestly about, you know, how wonderful this man was that she met Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until later. And I think that it just looks so great on the outside sometimes that, um, it's really hard to see what's going on in the inside. Cause also at that point, you know, who knows if you're letting anyone in really. Well, you let your friends in enough to let them be there to support you and get you out of it, which is so important. I think that that is key because in Brittany's story, she writes about the fact that she wasn't able to do that. Um, and so I'm happy you had people there. Yeah. I mean, I could call you. I knew I had you. Yeah. We had a very great long distance friendship. We did. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but what's impressive is that, um, I think that Brittany was able to share her story. I think it's an important story mm-hmm. for women and young women to read and um, and just know that like, yeah, sometimes relationships can be wonderful and sometimes they can end not very well. And then sometimes they can be really bad. And the most important thing is um, you can learn and grow from all of that. And it's not necessarily your fault. And she really does such a great picture. She paints such a beautiful picture of um, who she's grown to become from her experiences in her book. So I'm really, really excited for her to be on this podcast today. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. um, We get to ask her all about her journey. It is a wild one. It's a wild one. And thank you for sharing a little bit of your journey too, because it's nice for people to hear that others have been through it. Because I know there's a lot of people who have experienced that in their life. Yeah, it's a hard thing, I think, for anyone to talk to that's been through it. But um, look, Brittany Louise Taylor, you encouraged me to open up about it. And so hopefully others listening to this podcast today can open up to their friends or loved ones if they're feeling any of those things. And um, we'll be back with Brittany Louise Taylor right after the break. All right, guys, we are here with Brittany Louise Taylor. You guys might know her from her YouTube channel that she's had for over a decade. She's got over 1.2 million subscribers. Well, she just released her first book in December, and it's called A Sucky Love Story, Overcoming Unhappily Ever After. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) We both read your book in a day. Are you there? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intense. <laughs> I couldn't put it down. I'm. I have so many questions. I. Th- I just think you're so brave for sharing your story. Well, thank you. No, it's good. I had like a sixty-five thousand word max, so I'm sure there'll be some things you learned that weren't in the book. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, what made you want to write this book? This is a very personal story that you've shared to your YouTube followers, your subscribers. And what made you want to put it down in a book form? Well, I mean, the, it was really complicated legally wise because I started writing the book while my trial was going on. And the judge told me like, you cannot talk about this on social media and being someone that, you know, is used to putting their whole life out for the public. It was really hard for me because not only had I gone through something so traumatic and found out, found out so many lies, but then now I couldn't talk about it anywhere. So I just started talking to my laptop and before I knew it, it turned into a book. Like I did not plan on, on oh, I'm going to you know monetize my situation. It was more like I just needed to tell someone and I, I, tell, I want the whole entire world to know basically what happened. Well, I'm sure all of our listeners are like, wait, trial? What? I thought this was yeah. a love story, a sucky yeah. love story. Um, it's a really sucky love story. Well, let's start at the very good beginning because I hear okay. it's a very good place to start. Um, <laughs> so tell us about um, meeting Milos. And that's how you say his name, right? Yeah, Mil- yeah Milos. Um, I was 31 and, you know, you know how it is in LA. Like you, if you're, have a career, you're working a lot. I wasn't a big partier. I wasn't going out. So I, you know, one of my friends was on Tinder that I kind of had a crush on and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, if he's using Tinder, like, why don't I try it? So started swiping, went through a few different relationships that didn't work out. Great people just wasn't right for me. And then I saw Milos. So he was a doctor from Europe, had a really cute little dog that was an English bulldog. And I something like even from the beginning, I knew wasn't right. But he was just so dang attractive that I was like, swipe right. (laughs) So um, from there, like, you know, it progressed pretty quickly. So he was messaging me right after we matched and, you know, wanted my phone number and, you know, blew me off on our first date, which made, you know, our second, you know, our actual first date when we met kind of complicated because I already had my guard up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it's just hard. I mean, when I, when I met him, I think, again, like I had warning bells and my gut instincts, but I thought, you know, maybe I'm having like these things around him because he's so attractive or so successful because he's a doctor and yeah I've looked up pictures of him he's a he he's a good looking guy and also very yeah very solid looking very solid looking and we were a little I'll admit it I was a little bit judgy before I read the book I was like okay what guy did you just jump into a relationship with you're probably (laughs) out partying like I remember jumping into crazy relationships before and you weren't doing any of those things like you would actually mm-hmm. just come out of kind of a really sucky relationship before that so I would assume like you were actually pretty clear-headed I had strong feelings for the one before him because he was a really nice guy but he just he just was messed up I don't think like you know I don't know I wasn't in the the right mind frame to really be able to see left from right I just I think I wanted to prove something and I thought okay this incredible guy came along and you know, I've watched enough movies to like know like, ooh, cute foreigner. Like I'm going to have like this, you know, Lucy and Desi thing. I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I was, I, I think I just, I, I thought maybe because it was so real is why I was having so much anxiety 
Well, I didn't chalk it up to anything else. It's such a whirlwind romance. I mean, he's yeah. almost too good to be true. So good looking yeah. and so sweet to you, texting you all the time to the point where you are kind of thinking, oh, is, is it too much? You know, but yeah. I mean, ha- that's sort of a dream, especially, you know, we've all dated in L.A. and the type of people that you meet. It, I, I totally see how you just completely were swept off your feet. And that's the yeah. that's you tell the story so well that all of us can relate to it. You know, we've yeah, all I, been I wanted there. just to, I wanted to write it like as I was living it. So mm-hmm. you could understand like m- my frame of mind. So I was like, okay, this is how, what was happening when, and what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I, when I met him, I did, I fell really hard, really fast. But like, as you know, things like took a turn from the beginning so, because his family was against us. Yeah. So. What was the first red flag? For you. I think the the first, I mean, the first red flag was was not even when his family wanted him to come back to Europe to run their businesses because they're extremely wealthy and and you know they cut him off financially. So then I started helping him just so he could get his boards done so he'd be board certified. Like that, it wasn't even a red flag. I think the first part when things started to get weird is when the verbal abuse started. Mm-hmm. So, because I, you, I think you can tolerate everything in a relationship till someone starts to scare you or like mistreat you and mm-hmm. like you start to lose respect. So I think the first moment that I started to pull back a little bit was when he started like, you know, taking out his aggression or, you know, things he was going through out on me. But the problem was I chalked it up to, I always like want to, I want to make excuses for people. I'm always such a softie. So when he was, you know, being mean to me, I made excuses when he, you know, when he had a bad day and then, you know, all of a sudden it was my fault. I kept thinking, okay, because he has all this stress because he had a ton of money. And now because he stayed in the U.S. and he's with me, he doesn't like I kept I kept making excuses for his behavior. And the moment you start doing that for someone, that's a big red flag. Mm -hmm. And just for our listeners, like he basically, he was a doctor back in Serbia, correct? And he just needed to pass tests here in the U.S. and California specifically so that he could start practicing medicine here. 100%. Yeah. You have to be board certified because they want to make sure that like, you know, you are, you didn't go to medical school. You do, you know, but even though he w- went to an accredited college in Serbia, like, you know, University of Belgrade or whatever it was, um, they have to make sure that you, you know, know what you're doing. So they make, you know, doctors that are foreign when they come to the United States, you have to take like standardized tests. Yes. So he just needed to pass the test to be board certified in order to start a residency here in the United States. And so. how long did it take him to finish his Test. Well, I mean, when, when I basically, cause he was teaching tennis lessons to like older, wealthy women, because, you know, at that point he was also like a tennis star until he got injured. Okay. So, so this is where I was going nuts reading this book because yeah. <laughs> first of all, reading your story, cause first of all, I was like, okay, he's a doctor. My dad's a doctor. So yeah. I, I like understood all, like, I was like, okay, wow, this is really cool. And, um, and then hearing that his family has a really successful furniture business. And then there was a coffee business and Mm -hmm. then he had used to like have a nightclub. So his family obviously seemed to have a lot of business in Serbia and he came for money, but then all of a sudden now he was a tennis coach slash ex tennis champion. Yeah, he um he used to brag all the time how he knew Jokovic because you know that he's Serbian as well. And <laughs> I would go I would go watch you know Milos play, and he would you know he got at one point he was getting paid to 
played tennis with this girl who was up and coming. She was nationally ranked. I don't know if she was in the top 20, I think, for juniors. So Milos was a really good tennis player. And the other thing I saw is that you kept writing like there were this was photo proof. Like it's not like he would say these things and you would just automatically believe him like he had photos of himself in scrubs like in a surgical room oh yeah he obviously was like coaching people tennis like you'd met his quote unquote friends at this point who had like spoken about his family like yep there was backups to all these stories that he was telling you oh yeah 100 percent. there was always a picture a text message an email you know, or I would, you know, I met some of the women that he coached, like we went to lunch, they would always treat me like jealous girlfriends, which was really strange. But I actually met his clients. (laughs) So I like I actually met, you know, his friends, his clients His, you know, so it wasn't there wasn't anything there that would tip me off. So you guys date for a year, then you have a conversation about getting married, right? It wasn't a well, well, no, what what happened was in um, it was January 2nd of 2016. I um, was doing a job for sci fi for um, one of their shows that was coming out and I was going to be filming up at Magic Castle and I remember I was back you know just in the back room of my house and Milos got a phone call and he just started pacing getting kind of panicky like you know you don't want to do this kind of conversation and I was like what is going on he hangs up he comes into my you know the room where I was in and he's like there's something I need to tell you he said um because you know at that point we talked about marriage but we weren't engaged and he kept saying he needed to like join the military or something or it was just getting weird so um he said he told me at that point that a woman was blackmailing him she was a prostitute like a call girl and he used to hang out with this group of friends and there were photos of them like all together in a group but i guess like this woman had her eye out for milos and she um had found my email and whatnot and sent all these text messages and like photos but there was nothing incriminating there wasn't like a photo of them like making out like yeah, was there a photo of them in groups where like her arms around him? Yeah, but it wasn't, it was like photos, like a friend, like everyone had their arms around each other, if that makes sense. So you guys have been together for a year. Yeah. You just had Christmas with each other's families. <laughs> yeah, we did. His mom had come in to from Serbia to the United States and we went over to his friend's house and yeah, we all had Christmas together and... Yeah. And then it was definitely progressing. It it was progressing. He comes and you've been together for, and again, like a year is a long time. Like in an, when you're an adult in a relationship, it's like, okay, where is this going to go? What's the next step? So uh, this was so crazy to me that within one minute of saying, Hey, we need to talk. You found out that he had potentially been cheating with a hooker named bunny. He, (laughs) he, um, also had married an older woman for a green card, an older wealthy woman for a green card. And then also it freaked me out knowing that what, do you remember the, obviously the Christmas gift that he'd wanted from you? That yeah, Christmas? It was a gun. A yeah, gun. I mean, he had, he had told me he, you know, cause everyone like in Serbia serves in the military, usually in some way, shape or form. So he had told me that he was like, you know, special forces or whatever and did a year or something like after it was a before or after medical school. So he I don't it didn't quite seem unnatural. What? It's quite the life he's lived. Uh Yeah, it didn't <laughs> seem unnatural, though, that he would want a gun because I'm in Arizona and everyone lo- loves their guns here. So I think it was probably my upbringing that made me naive on that topic. But like, not only yeah. that, didn't he also then mention that? His family is connected to the Serbian mafia. 
Yeah. At that point. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's, it's, it's getting better. Um, so at that point he, um, said that his family would take care of it. So I was like, what do you mean that you're, you know, your mom's take care of bunny, partner will take care mean. of it. Yeah. Take care of bunny, like silence her. And he's like, well, you know, there's something else I need to tell you. Like basically that his business partner or his mom's business partner, who's like a father to him, is like high up in the Serbian mafia. So I mean, at that point it was, but then he kept saying, he's like, I left all that. He told me had before that he had like left in the middle of the night with a suitcase. Like they didn't even know he was coming to the United States. He just wanted to do his medicine. And I kept justifying it thinking, mm-hmm. okay, well, if I was born into that situation, you can't control who your parents are, but you can control your future. So I was thinking, I think I just, I felt I felt scared, but I also saw things from his perspective where he just wanted to start a new life. Are there, what made you realize in hindsight that it was verbal abuse? Like what, what all of a sudden shifted? Did you notice times that he would, was there? Well, I think that the biggest indication for like verbal abuse is when it's not warranted. And I, I wouldn't just say something. I could say like, oh, it's going to be cold outside, grab a jacket or something. And he could turn that into a fight. So I think that's a big indication about any kind of like verbal abuse is when someone goes out of their way to pick fights with you on a regular basis. It got to the point where I would count days. I'd be like, oh, he hasn't yelled at me in a week. Cool. Like, wow. and, it, and I tried to keep my mom out of it because at this point in my life, you know, my dad had passed away. It was my only really extended family was my mom. But I did end up telling her, like, he yells at me. And my mom did, like, have a conversation, like, you need to stop yelling at Brittany because I didn't want to get my mom involved in my relationship. But, you know, they had a pretty close, you know, bond at that point, And they were talking. And I just, I wanted it to change and maybe be able to salvage it because it was getting to be too much. Like, I was financially supporting him. I was dealing with all his BS all the time. He was screaming at me. I just felt like there was no respect. Like, here I am trying to help your dreams come true, and you're doing nothing but being mean to me. So then at this point, you decide maybe you want to break off the relationship, right? You're in New York. It was about about March. Yeah, I got Mm -hmm. a job. I auditioned and got a job hosting for a car company. And um, I had to go out first for rehearsals and then, you know, I booked it once that, you know, they do like, they did like a pilot for it. And then, um, when I was in New York for two weeks and away from him, cause Milos couldn't come cause he was quote unquote studying for his boards. Mm-hmm. So when I was there, I, it was like the best two weeks that I had had since I got in a relationship with Milos, like, you know, once things started being bad. So that's not a good indication if you're away from someone and you're relieved and happy that you're away from them and you don't want to see them when you come back. Like I wanted to stay in New York forever. So at that point, I pretty much knew that I wanted to at least take a break and I needed him to get some like financial independence and, you know, move out. And it was just too much. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the, all that had happened. And even though, you know, Bunny like and him hadn't cheated, I thought at that point, I still felt like I had been cheated on in some weird way. Like I feel like she had tainted or poisoned our relationship and I wanted a break. So when I got back from LA, I was ready to call it off. But the only problem was my period was late and I am usually like clockwork, like two of the day. I am always, and I thought, well, maybe I'm just so stressed because I'm breaking up with Milos and I've been working long hours for two weeks. Like maybe that's it. But I had an inkling that something was going on. And so I kept wanting, I was vegan at that point and I kept like craving protein and like, <laughs> I just wanted like chicken or protein <laughs> bars or anything when I was in New York and I'm like, what is wrong with me? So you just knew. I ordered like a, 
I knew. I ordered a pack of 25 like pregnancy strips from Amazon. I thought, okay, well, I'll just like you know, do a bunch, make sure. Maybe one of them so won't be when I got yeah. positive. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, you know, if one's an error, if I do like 20, then, you know, then I'll have a pretty good indication of the answer. So I got back to, I didn't even tell Milos. I, you know, I think it was that night. I got back at my tests were there. I peed in a cup, dipped the strip in and like within seconds, it was like pregnant. Did another one within seconds, pregnant. Mm. Five in a row. Cause I mean, that hormone was very present in my body after like five. Yeah, I was pregnant. And at that point, I mean, I, I'm ashamed of it now, but then I just was so upset that I was pregnant because one, it wasn't planned Two, like we weren't married three, like I wanted to break up with, with this guy. And then now I have this being growing inside of me that will forever tie me to someone that I don't know if I want to be around. So that was probably one of the darkest points of my life when that should have been like a happy moment. First so of all, me I don't think I was pregnant was really hard. There's any shame in any of those feelings. I mean, you recognized you were in an abusive situation. You had finally kind of seen a glimpse of the light. And that's a big shock. I mean, even people that are like trying yeah. to get pregnant sometimes like see like I know even my husband and I were trying to get pregnant and I was like oh my god what happened he's like yeah we're married we did this on purpose I was like oh yeah oh, this is crazy <laughs> we have to take a quick break we'll be right back The original True Body Bra by TrueAndCo.com is the bra women are talking about. Over half a million women have bought it and swear by it. You won't believe how good the True Body Bra looks when you put it on. The buttery soft fabric smooths you out in all the right places and has no wires, so it's super comfortable. But unlike other wire-free bras, the original True Body Bra is made with proprietary fabric that still gives you the support you need. It took over six years of collecting data from seven million women to make this game-changing bra. So it's no surprise that TrueAndCo.com has sold over half a million of the original True Body Bras. It just goes to show that great things happen when women come together. The Today Show calls it game-changing, and Good Housekeeping says it's the ultimate lounge bra. Oh, I just love how... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now, I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae, and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly comfortable it is and it's smooth it does really smooth you out even in a tight t-shirt and gives you that lift (laughs) try the original true body bra from true and co today with free and easy returns and save 15 percent now when you go to trueandco.com slash challenged and enter the code challenged that's t-r-u-e-a-n-d-c-o.com slash challenged and we're back can I just step in and ask you really quickly, because um, yeah. I think a huge factor of this pregnancy and this whole relationship is that, you know, you you openly write about the fact that you were a virgin before you met him. I, and I so was. this was the first time you were sexually active with someone and then you became pregnant. Right. And so it's yeah. one of those. I think that's so much more of an emotional tie to a relationship and then now to a pregnancy. Right. Yeah. So, and I, yeah. And I think, you know, I was waiting, I thought, you know, at least till love and I just hadn't had a, you know, a love moment. And then I fell in love with Milos and it just, you know, nothing was going as planned. Like I, he still didn't have a job. Like I was going into serious debt. You know, I've, you know, I've had sex for the first time with this person. Now, 
I'm with him and pregnant and, you know, everything's wrong. It, mm. Nothing about it was right. It wasn't like, oh, okay, well, I'm pregnant and he has a job and I have a cute little ring and we're getting married. And I just wanted even a gold band. I wanted something that he had purchased that basically <laughs> said, like, we are actually together. So, because I mean, th- at that point, we're, we were engaged. Like, he had asked me to, you know, marry him and I said yes, but he didn't have a ring. So, I I just felt like everything was we were just going backwards in a really strange way. Mm-hmm. But whenever it goes really bad, magically, like positive news comes, <laughs> right? Because all of a sudden things were it was a dark time. You talk mm-hmm. about how it was the first time he put his hands on you in a physically abusive way when you were yeah. pregnant. Well, I mean, and that, and that was really confusing because the, he had been verbally abusive. And then I just had one of those days where I was, you know, going into debt. I wasn't working. I wasn't making YouTube videos. I basically disappeared from the Internet. So I, you know, he still hadn't passed his board. So I went into the kitchen and um, I grabbed a bunch of like black trash bags. And I started putting his stuff into trash bags and um, not to like laugh. It was funny at that moment. But then the moment he saw what I was doing, he ended up chasing me all over the house and like hurting my hand. And I tried to get out the front door and he had me like pinned against a wall and I went to push his face away. And he told me that I had hurt his eye. Like all of a sudden it was like my eye, my eye. And then it was strange because I went from being that he had hurt me to all of a sudden thinking I had hurt him. Now he's the victim. Yeah, he's the victim, even though I was trying to get away from him. Mm -hmm. So. And yeah, and, th- and then at that point, then he found out that because when I met him, he had told me and I was never with him for money. I want to have obviously stayed with him for money, but like money makes your life easier. But it's not it's not a motivation for a relationship for me. So mm-hmm. at that point, he he told me he had money in a fund in Russia. I, when I met, he had told me about that, but it didn't sanction. Just, and all of a sudden, like a banker friend of theirs had a way to get the money out. And then, you know, he was getting his portion was like ten billion dollars. So with a B, we, with billion. a B, yeah, 10 billion, which made me kind of nervous as I, you know, I didn't want to be bought. I think I wanted to figure out how I really felt about him. But then I started buying into the fantasy of like, oh my gosh, like, look at these houses that we're looking at. Like I can put a playground here. My son could be like having sleepovers with his friends. Like I started see, like building this whole life for myself. Well, you're pregnant and you're in debt. And he yeah. goes, hey, here's money. And if that's not going to fix everything like the relationship, at least it'll fix a lot of other things. When I was seven months pregnant, we decided for sure that we're selling my house. We're moving down to San Diego. We started looking at like $8 million properties down there in Rancho Santa Fe and found a couple that we liked. And we're going to put it in an offer. And at this point, um, my good friend was also was also my real estate agent. Was you know marketing the house, and it was like the night before an open house. He told me that the banker had run away with the money, so there was going to be a delay. So here I am, like selling a house that I absolutely love in LA, and your you know, house that you worked so hard to buy. So and, hard. and yeah, um, I we ended up moving down to San Diego. But then the moment we got down to San Diego, then <laughs> then we fa- I found out that Milos had been watching porn my entire relationship <laughs> at night when he said he was studying. Because my mom, it, my mom actually found out she helped us move, and then I was working on a branded job, and my desktop was broken, so I was editing on my laptop. We didn't have cable at that point. So Milos had loaned my mom his laptop 
So my mom goes into the web browser and I think was going to just type in like YouTube to look at my videos or something. And the moment she started typing like you, it populated like uges, you porn, all and- these sites. And my mom's like, Brittany, what is this? <laughs> I so love that I'm, it's your mom that found it too. Not it's my, yeah, my mom, Corey. Oh, yeah, great timing. So then, then I um, go over to his computer and I looked into his history, and there was nothing the like that that day or the previous days. Anything. It was just normal, like you know, his practice quiz questions or articles he was reading or whatnot. But I went into his history and I knew how to search, so I just put in like sex into the history, and then it populated all the stuff he didn't delete. And it, I looked at the dates, and it was pretty much my entire pregnancy and i mean like interactive kinky yeah because some people weird. a lot a lot of couples are fine with porn and into each their own and yeah. each, no i'm not i'm not judging i was just it so was just pregnant and when he was supposed to be studying at night he was like you know it was live, live chatting, someone else right yeah it was it was yeah. interactive live chatting porn yeah yeah like you know which with, you would not with, agree like, to girls. in your relationship it, it created kind of World War Three between my mom and Milos because my mom then hated Milos mm-hmm. because, you know, I think she put the pieces together quicker than I did. And she started mm-hmm. to see, like, this guy isn't working. You know, he's not treating my daughter right. He's, you know, been yelling at her. And she had also seen firsthand the day that we found out that he was watching porn. I was, um, I was filming a video for a, a, a bakery. And they had garlic bread and I'd found like a soundstage in San Diego and I just needed a green screen that was pre-lit to make my life easier. So um, they also were filming a show on one of the other stages and that was the only area that they had a big trash can. So I did not want to dump out the stinky garlic bread on this soundstage because it's a hot set and it would reek and I did not want to do that. So I thought, okay, I can just bring it back with me. And throw it away at the gas station or on the way. And Milos ripped the tray out of my hands in front of my mom and took it and dumped it in the trash can that I didn't want to dump it in. And then was just on me the whole ride back while I was crying, like, you know, kind of going at me. And my mom was like, what's wrong with you? That was the first time she had seen him like being somewhat abusive in front of her. Mm-hmm. So at that point, my mom, you know, she was trying to keep things to herself. But I mean, she, you know, finally just like, I was like, okay, I'm going to be on Brittany's side and I'm going to take a step back and, you know, I'll be like the good grandmother. And and then Milos's mom got into town and that's when things just, there was no turning back from there. So my son was born on December 6th. And then the moment that my son was born, his mom like acted like my son belonged to her. Milos's which was, mom acted like. Milos's yeah, that it, like I was a broodmare. The moment that child was out, she kept calling him my baby, my baby. And if he was crying, she would go and take him out of my arms. So imagine if you're a new mother and your new like your mother-in-law keeps taking your like few-day-old child away from you when you're trying to comfort them. I like I, any mom will tell you they'd probably want to kill him because yeah. you just have those protective instincts and you are the mom. And just so to you, clarify, you are now living in San Diego in a townhouse yeah. that you're yes, paying for still. That I'm paying for. Yeah, he has a debit card. I also had traded in and got him a new car. So I'm paying everything. His car insurance, his car lease. He had a debit card for all all his, you know, things that he needs in just normal life. Not, not his it's, own debit card that went straight. It was, it was linked, linked to, to my checking account. Yeah. So in the townhouse, there's my mom, his mom, him, the dog, my son, and myself. Wow. And so, your postpartum 
like you're in your fourth trimester, which I always love to call it because it's true. Just because you have the baby doesn't mean that you're not still like on this crazy roller coaster ride of emotions. Like at one point I was sitting on the bed and like curled up in a ball and my mom had our son in the other room. And, you know, I had the changing pad and the diapers and the wipes and everything in my bedroom. So, you know, he had, you know, pooped. So she needed, she needed like to change his diaper. So she had knocked on the door and Milos was yelling at me and pushed it open a little bit. And she's like, you know, I've got to change, you know, his diaper. And Milos went straight at her and was like, you get out, you get out. And he had his arm up and he slammed the door like in my mom's face, like with, like within inches of our son and her. So even my mom said at that point, she's like, why didn't I just call the police? But I think my mom, she grew up in an abusive household. So for her, she almost fell in the same thing as me, where we just kept trying to please him and fix things. And she saw me hurting so much and she wanted to fix it. And then he got strep throat and he also failed his board exams. He told me, he took them. Which and you were then- also paying for. Yeah. Yeah. I had paid $800 or something for him to, you know, take it again. But the first time he took it, he told me his mom had paid like 30 grand because he's a foreigner and they have to go through certain certification for him to be able to take the boards. Right. So he took the boards on, it was December 30th of 2000, that'd be 2016. It's not 17 yet. So he told me he had taken the boards and then right after the test, he came over crying and said he had failed. And I was just, I had had enough. I really was ready. I was trying to figure out what am I going to do? Do I, you know, get a nanny in LA? Do I go to Arizona? And then he got strep throat and he kept, he was so sick for, it was over two weeks. And then he told me he went to the hospital, but I didn't go with him because I didn't want to bring our son into all the germs, obviously. And then they ran some tests. And then he told me that he found out he had cancer. So at this point, I, you know, I kind of, Did he say what kind of cancer? Yeah, he said he had melioid fibrosis, which is a really rare kind of like blood cancer. And most it's like all the symptoms that he was having, like this, you know, the strep throat, he had a white stripe down his, you know, the back of his throat, like all the he had um, issues with like his, um, what was it like spleen area, all the symptoms that he was having lined up with the cancer that he was diagnosed with. So, um, I, me immediately, cause my dad had passed away from cancer. I was like, I, I forgave everything. I was like, okay, all the verbal abuse, how awful he's been being. It's all been because he had cancer and he failed his boards because of the cancer. And, and all I, I was like, even though at that point I did want to leave him, I felt like I couldn't abandon him because this yeah. is the father of my child who's now really sick. Yeah. So I had my mom go back to Arizona. So I, I said, you know, I need to be with him. I need to fix this on my own. And my mom told me later, she's like, I was at the airport and she's like, I thought about getting a hotel room. I was like, I just felt like I shouldn't leave. I just, it didn't feel right. And I was super sad the day that she left I don't, I just, it didn't feel right to me either. I think because my mom had been my biggest support and like basically the other parent since my son was born and now she's leaving. And I knew that I was going to be on my own again with him and his mom. And I wasn't really looking forward to it. So when my mom left the first day that he came back, we, I just, I was just more quiet. I wasn't being mean to him. I was just more sad when we went out to get food and it was our first time taking our son like out of the house together. And in the car ride back, he started screaming at me and telling me that basically like I gave him cancer and it's my fault because of the stress that I put him through why he was sick. And, and, you know, it's, it was the, like the meanest things you could tell me mm. just because of what I went through with my dad. Like that is like the meanest, meanest things. So um, do you think he knew that that's what would really hurt you? 
Oh, 100%. Like he always, he's a master manipulator. How do you find out the truth? What happens next? Well, um, the Milos had told me that he like had switched and now he had, um, it was lymphoblastic leukemia. So it was, there's was acute and then he told me he had acute lymphoblastic leukemia and he was on, um, it was different immunotherapy drugs. Right. But then he starts so, playing tennis, right? Yeah, he starts uh, playing, well, he starts playing, he starts playing tennis and, you know, has a lot of energy, which is weird because my dad had cancer and he was in bed all day. Like, you it's know. exhausting. When yeah. you're fighting it, that battle, it's hard. So I kept laying awake at night and researching, like, doctors, hospitals, that kind of stuff. And at one point, I was like, okay, he's on rituxaban, right? Or rituxin. And I went onto the drug manufacturer website and I was curious how it was administered because Milos wasn't letting me go to the appointments. I just saw, like, band-aids on his arm or, you know, his heart would be racing. I saw the aftermath, but I wasn't there. So I started looking up how they do this, what's the process. And when I saw that it was administered by IV, everything clicked. I was like, wait a minute, there's not a mark on his body. If you had been getting IV injections like every day or every two days for this period of time, his arm would be bruised, right? He also remarkably so- kept coming home tan. After, yeah, yeah. Well, he, each... he told me he told me he was sitting outside at the hospital and just getting some sun in between appointments, like just because it felt good to be out in the air. But like all everything was getting tan. So like, was not he, just was he going not to the just beach? His, like face. What was he doing? I have, no, I have no idea. So probably looking for his next mark. So he um he like everything was getting tan. Like his back, like even his butt was getting tan. I'm like, what are you up to? So it turns so, out he he didn't have cancer at all. No, he was faking cancer. But at that point, I knew he was really dangerous. Was like the person, and, and I knew I was still. What was so sickening is I guess still some part of me still felt the need for his control and approval. But at that point too, Milo had ramped up all the mafia stuff and told me that he had actually killed people that. He had seen, you know, bodies in soup and had, you know, people nailed to the wall. And, you know, before he had told me he'd only done some money laundering for his family, which I wasn't thrilled about. But like at least, you know, I thought he hadn't killed anyone. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what he was capable of. So, But you so, were also collecting evidence along the way, which someone yeah. in an emotionally abusive and physically abusive situation. I, I mean, that's just so impressive that you were able to find that courage. And I think it's so beautiful that your mom was there and that you, you were both like the, you, the light was turned on, but you also knew what you had to get done for the sake of your son's safety and your family's safety. And you totally called him on his bluff. You took him to court. You did not back down. You collected all the evidence needed. You spoke with the cops. You made sure everything was on record. And where do you think you found that courage and strength at that point? I, if I hadn't had my son, I probably would have just let it go. I, probably, I would have moved to like the middle of nowhere, changed my identity. But when there, because my son was involved and had been born and I was so in love with him, I knew it wasn't just me anymore and I needed to protect him. So, I mean, yeah. And I think that what's scary is the things that I found out when I left, like that, you know, he may not be a doctor, that yeah, he was never a tennis this. player. So he was yeah. not a doctor. Wait, Do we I know? Can't say, I cannot say 100% that he is not a doctor, but during 15 hours of trial, he was not able to prove it. So, uh, I mean, one of the main like questions that was funny, I told my lawyer to ask him, like, what's a W-2 or what's a 1099? He was like, huh? What? Like, during the trial, I like, did not know at all what these documents were proving wow. that he had not worked in the United States since he came here. So... Um, was he a tennis he, player? Was he actually? No, a f- there, there is a Milos Mihailovic who is nationally ranked in tennis, but it's someone way younger. It's not him. Like there is a Milos Mihailovic that composes music, but 
it's not him. Like he had told me all these things. So I basically think that he maybe went to Google, just typed in his name and then found and created this whole identity. Cause there's even a Milos Mihailovic who was um, a part of the mafia who was deported back to Serbia. And I'm like, did he, you know, think, Oh, that'd be cool. I'm part of the mafia. Oh, cool. I'm a tennis player. Oh, cool. So he, do we know if he was doctor. part of the mafia? That's, I don't know. That's the part. Cause what's weird is when I was with him, I saw a lot of his family's quote unquote, tra- like transactions. I saw emails. I saw things they were doing, but I believe they're more like leeches. Like they find people that have companies and have money and have wealth. And because Milos is a doctor, like, you know, people drop their guards right away and he's extremely charismatic and then they figure out how they can help them. So they told me they had a coffee company. They don't own it, but they were trying to sell the rights to the U.S. to different, like, you know, coffee, like, shops and whatnot. So it's almost like they would get to be a middleman and get a percentage, if that makes sense. So I think that they would just latch on to anyone that had any kind of successful business and then try to figure out a way to get some money from what it was already working. But, but I mean, I don't, I cannot say for sure what, because, I mean, I've talked to other people that are Serbian and they say everyone's in some sort of mafia there after Yugoslavia <laughs> broke apart. So, you know, every, and I don't, even if it's not, you know, or a clan or a group or whatever they're part of, like, I, I don't know. I cannot say for sure what on that part. That's well, what you so can scary. say is that you have legal custody of your son, Rex. I do. And he's beautiful. Thank you. And he knows it. God, I'm in so much trouble. He's t- he's just like the most confident little thing. Like he just marches up to anyone and everyone and is so sweet. But like at least I know he's not a sociopath because he's just the moment he thinks I'm upset with him, he'll just start crying and hugging me like I'm sorry, mom. So he's just he's a good boy. But no, I mean I think I I don't even know if his name's Milos or if he's the age he says he is or I, I mean just- what I, what I go ahead. No, I just wanted to thank you because I feel like this story is really important to share because there yeah. will be others who go through a situation like this or something similar and they need to read your book. They need to hear your story because they can you can hopefully help people and avoid this situation in the future. And if you haven't been through a relationship where you accidentally find yourself in love with this scamming, potentially Serbian mafia man, you can still, (laughs) I mean, the reality is, is that emotional abuse is real and you don't see those bruises on the skin and they are so deep and they are so hard to heal. Uh, Do you feel like you've been able to, to heal at this point? Yeah, I think that, well, I mean, the biggest thing for me has just been working through one trigger at a time. And the, you know, you're always going to have when you leave those kind of situations, PTSD. So for a long time, if I saw like a white van, I would just start shaking. Like I would think someone was coming for me or if a stranger was looking at me or being friendly, I would automatically think, oh, did Milos send them? Or, mm. you know, I had, I had a lot that I needed to get through. So I think that, you know, you have to be patient, put yourself in like a loving situation. But I, I just see, I have talked to so many women since my book have come out, like even one this morning and the, the hardest part is to get past the fear. And I think the only way is to, you have to be smart, like figure out a way to get out of the situation, like, you know, have a support system and stay out. Like on average, when abused women leave a relationship, it takes seven times before they leave it for good. I, I talked to, I've talked to some women here at the abuse shelter in town and one woman, her husband shoved her through a window and she got cuts all over her face and she still went back to him. And 
I think that it's that's what's so hard about abuse is just the control factor. And if you are going through it, it's not ever warranted or valid. And if you know someone that's going through it, you just have to be there because you can't talk bad about their the abused person. They just need support and they need love and they need an example of what a healthy relationship is. So they start to realize what they're going through isn't healthy or valid or warranted or allowed. Wow. If so, that makes sense. Yeah. So is there advice that you want to give people, our listeners or? Oh my God. Yeah. So many. Uh, one, trust your gut because from the start, my gut was screaming at me that something was wrong. And even though he was perfect on paper and in person, like you got to listen to those instincts because they're for, there for a reason. So one, mm-hmm. trust your gut. Two, I would be careful what you tell anyone, like, you know, hide your personal documents as we had issues with them stealing like my birth certificate and trying to traffic us and that kind of stuff. So you, anything that is valuable to you, hide your passwords, don't share. You can be in love and they don't need to know everything about you or have access to your, like, you know, your, your ID, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think it's protecting yourself that way. And then, um, also I think the first time that you are afraid of someone should be the last time. So if you are with someone and they are scaring you or you are afraid when you're with them or you feel controlled, you're being controlled, you're afraid for a reason, that's valid. It doesn't matter if it's going to embarrass your friends or family because I feel like a lot of us stay in relationships because we're just embarrassed. We don't want to let everyone down. We don't want to break up and then, you know, tell our mom and uh, that's just the wrong reason to stay with someone because you are worried about what anyone else thinks. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Brittany. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your book. Thank you for sharing your story. And um, thank you for finding the strength to to write it all down on paper so that other people can read it and know that they're oh, not alone. Thank you for having me. No, I so just, that's, grateful. that's my biggest thing now. I just want to raise awareness. I just want to save as many people as so I can. So everyone listening, go out and buy Brittany Louise Taylor's book, <laughs> A Sucky Love Story, Overcoming Unhappily Ever After. And also check out her YouTube channel if you haven't already. So we didn't have time to necessarily continue our conversation with Brittany, but we just still wanted a little bit more. We we wanted to know how she's doing now. You know, we heard about her sucky love story. We heard about how she, you know, the redemption of everything she'd been through. She has her son and we wanted to know what advice she has for our listeners now now that she's on the other side of it. So we decided to call her up and ask her just a few more questions and and see if she had any insight for you guys. And this is what she said. When I first got out, I was a total mess. Yes, but I realized that if I wouldn't have met Milos, I wouldn't have had my son. If I wouldn't have had my son, I would have never known what real love is. And I would have never written this book and I would have never been able to take a stand and be a voice for all these women and men who go through abusive situations and stay silent. So I wouldn't change anything that happened to me and I would do it all over again just to have Rex. Wow. What a story she has. I just think that Brittany is so brave for telling it, but not only that, she has clearly turned a new chapter in her life. And I really think that um, the one thing she got out of it too was her son, which is really exciting. And um, she prefaces her book by saying little dinosaur you were all worth it which I think is a really wonderful way to know that in the end of all of this craziness that she has this incredible being that has changed her life forever for the better and she 
just is so open about how much this experience has changed her, but she wrote a book about it and she really started to become, she's really, it's her way of dealing with it openly with her fans and with the public. I took a storytelling class um, late last year and which it's really just you, it's a way to kind of get up and share stories. If, if anyone knows about the moth, it's kind of in that vein. And, uh, but it was a group of people in two weeks and we got really vulnerable with each other. And a lot of people ended up sharing stories that they didn't think they would that about traumatic events in their life. And one thing that was interesting as the teacher was kind of telling us is that in, it's interesting that you share a story once and the first time it's so hard and the more you share it, the more the weight kind of comes off of your shoulders and comes off of your heart and you process it in a different way. And it's kind of a way of healing and making peace with the events that have happened to you and the events that you've lived through. And what I realized must have been so hard for Brittany is that she had gone through so many traumatic events in this relationship with Milos that, and she'd been so used to living her life online and sharing her life that legally for the safety of her child, she couldn't share these events. She couldn't acknowledge that they were wrong. She couldn't acknowledge that it was true, that it was really happening to her. And it wasn't until the trial was over and it wasn't until she put it down on paper and wrote this book filled with legal documents towards the end that she was able to legally tell her story and set and shout it from the rooftops. This happened and it's not fair. And if it's happening to you, it's not fair either. Well, and clearly it was part of her therapy to write about it and to go through it. And I think it started the healing process for her, which is really great. There were so many things we didn't get to because... We just ran out of time. Her story is so crazy. So there's a character, Bunny, that we mentioned a little bit in the interview. And she is another girl who is simultaneously being played by Milos at the same time. Now, when she first reaches out to Brittany, Brittany thinks she, Brittany's being told she's a stripper. She's being, you know, she's a crazy girl. Yeah, she's, a, she's a call girl that is basically blackmailing Milos for money and trying to talk to Brittany saying, hey, you know, I've been sleeping with your boyfriend and everything is a lie. And he's like, but she's just some crazy hooker that's blackmailing me. This woman named Bunny. And when you love someone, you want to believe that. So Brittany did believe that for a significant amount of time. And it wasn't until her trial that Bunny pulled through for her. And Bunny was the one that came in and had all these text messages. She had, she brought the receipts. Let's just say that. And so who you would think would have been like this woman that was just trying to ruin Brittany's life and her, and her love and her relationship. She actually was the one that saved her in the end. And it, without Bunny's testimony, we don't um, know what would have happened. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, I mean, who knows? Maybe they still would have won, but it definitely was a big push into Brittany getting, um, the full custody of her child that she did get because it shows that he didn't just do this to Brittany. He was doing this to other women as well. And, and isn't it nice to have an ally as you're going through that and coping through it? I mean, in my mind, they have each other now and they kind of went through the same ordeal. And so I hope, I mean, she said they still stay in contact. So I, in my mind, I'm like, good, you girls like be there for each other, like yeah. woman to woman, let's help each other through these crazy situations. And the hardest thing you can do after going through a sucky love story is to be able to step into a relationship with your heart open for a happy love story. Mm. Um, but you can just make sure you take the time to do the work on yourself because at the end of the day, like whoever, whatever partner you're with, you know, you're still 
like your number one partner is yourself. Like you have to go to bed, even if you're next to someone with yourself at night and with your thoughts. So get in tune with like your own love story with yourself. And I think that's going to be the best way to be able to be heart open and love someone to the fullest and trust someone with all your soul. And it's possible. It's so possible. And it's so beautiful when you can go through some dark times and then find the light and be able to love in the light as well. It's so doable. That's so well put. So even if you have a sucky love story, just know there is hope for an unsucky love story this Valentine's Day. Always. Love is the best. (laughs) All you need is love. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed Brittany Louise Taylor's um, incredible story that she shared with us. If you haven't yet, check out her book, A Sucky Love Story, Overcoming Unhappily Ever After. Check out her YouTube channel. And um, we will be back next week with our Q&A episode. One of our favorites. We love it so much. You guys asked such great great questions and we have some very interesting answers so we'll see you next week and happy valentine's day over half a million women swear by the original true body bra by trueandco.com the true body bra looks amazing when you put it on with soft fabric that smooths you out in all the right places while still giving you the support you need the best part it has no wires so it's super comfortable for all day wear try the original true body bra from trueandco today with free and easy returns Save 15% now when you go to trueandco.com slash challenged and enter the code challenged with a D. That's T-R-U-E-A-N-D-C-O dot com slash challenged. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.